2: Hello and welcome to the TOVG podcast. I am the dreamy George Weedman, and I'm so happy that I'm living in the sunlight and loving in the moonlight. I'm having a <laughs> wonderful time all the time <laughs> and so should you. With me in here is the level-headed Jimmy Sunderay. <laughs> that
0: was a, I, I just have to say that was a wonderful reference. I hope that anybody gets that reference to
2: that song. Yeah, also, hello, everybody. I'm the, Jimmy. The, the creepy-ass Tiny Tim ukulele <laughs> jam. Something. Yeah, the oh, thing I thought it was appropriated for SpongeBob. <laughs> it it, it could have been. That oh, it, and, yeah, you just heard her. We also have Kite Tails, who's always Hi. looking on the bright side of life. Uh-huh. Yes, uh-huh. it
1: is definitely a Mr. Blue Sky kind of day.
2: <laughs> oh, my gosh. And we have Jordan underneath, who came out today to expose himself to actual sunlight for the first time in over six years. I did not. Oh, <laughs> congratulations! That is a lie. You're a dirty liar, George. <laughs> well, um, that's that's what we're all about at the TOVG podcast is lying in order to placate our sensibilities about being happy about life. <laughs> so dark. What what have you guys been doing this week and playing this week? Anybody want to go first? I've been playing um, some
1: Mario Kart 8.
2: Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. jealous of you guys.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's at the office. I haven't touched it, though. Every time I'm here, I... Have, well, I mean, I've been working, because, you know, it's what I do. Yeah, that's uh, an important it. thing to do. I haven't I haven't picked up Mario Kart 8 myself. I'm not sure if I'm actually it. going to
2: get it. Is baby Rosalina your favorite character?
1: <laughs> no she's not
3: just no i I unlocked
1: ludwig first and i Mm -hmm. just love him so much i don't even know why
3: i think ludwig might
0: be the most interesting of the ludwig is my jam
1: i mean his (laughs) hair is amazing as well
0: it's great he's a good reference it
1: is and whoa, whoa. I also got Wii Party U as a free download with Mario Kart Eight and that is amazing. I really? love it. Is it good? It is so good. They've got so many little mini games that it's just and they're so creative. The way that they use the Wii Pad is so mm-hmm. innovative. It's That's... really, really good. I was thinking about doing a video about it because I was really floored about how many cool things they integrated.
0: I think you should do a video about that because I would like to see that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's it's a perfect party console.
2: I'll just try really? not to be super jelly that I, I never got a Wii U and I've always Aww. wanted one. Yeah, it's <laughs> just a matter... No, it's just a matter of, like, saving up money and stuff, which is difficult yeah. to do nowadays since I I kind of want to top load all of my student loan payments yeah. before they gather up over time, so I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm be being kind of thrifty these days. <laughs> yeah. no, I've That's, played, that's actually,
3: idea. like, something that's ruined my Wii U experience is I have a Wii U, but I have no games because I just sold all of them. Oh, God! Because, gosh. like, <gasps> I played them enough to a point where I'm like, I'll just buy these when they're, like dirt cheap someday
2: (laughs) like i freaking love platinum and it kills me that 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 all of their big games over the past two years are now going to be coming out on wii u yeah yeah Yeah. wonderful 101 and bayonetta because god
3: i'm gonna be such a jealous asshole when bayonetta (laughs) 2 comes out no wonderful 101 is the only one i've missed out on i haven't gotten to try that yet i've only ever seen one preview of
0: that game in and uh, there's a motorcycle behind me. Excuse me for that. <laughs> Welcome again to Redondo Beach. But uh, yeah, I've only ever seen one one uh, trailer for Wonderful 101, but
2: it looked pretty, pretty interesting. Have you played Platinum Games before? Not um, oh. to my knowledge, no. Oh, they are super rad. They are so super rad. They're like just <laughs> fun, childish, purely like... They make a better case for games as art than, like, pretentious 2D indie side-scrollers because they're, like, a love letter to how <laughs> schlocky video games can be. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of a bold statement, but, um... Hey, man, what you got
0: against pr- against indie 2D side-scrollers,
2: 8-bit, eight, um, not, low-res, not bro? Not that mo- I don't know, like... <laughs> I guess I guess making a dumb game for dumb dumbness's sake is kind of kind of has its its downfalls as well. But it also yeah has a whole lot of charm that Platinum does extremely well. Interesting. Uh, I might have to uh, check something out. But I've heard a lot of good things about Bayonetta,
0: but I've never been inspired to play it.
2: You know what is also a love letter to the uh, the oftentimes. Mm, odd <laughs> difficulty of old games is one thousand one spikes. I can finally talk about this. I'm so <laughs> yes, you can. So, so excited. Be it's free, been a great Jimmy. week
0: for me. <laughs> it's been. You a great sound week for so me happy. <laughs> uh, I I'm like legitimately in love with this game. Uh, nice. I got into contact with the Nicholas guys through uh, through Alex, um, a couple weeks back, and they were just like. super nice I mean Tyrone specifically I haven't met anybody else but uh, he just like sent me a copy of the game and I got to play it like four weeks before it came out and I was just like like, in love and now that it's fully out I get to like spread my joy to the rest of the world and it's just it's just so good it's such a good platformer it's amazing it looked really
1: really cool when you were streaming I wanted to try it
2: you have two different jump buttons, right? Right, And yes. That's super weird. Like, that's not that's not normal. It's not something that usually happens. And I,
0: uh, I know Polygon did like a little like a few days before release, they like were allowed to put up like a let's play kind of video with two of their guys, and uh, they never really explained it. And a lot of the comments are like, "Why is there two jump buttons? Wouldn't it make sense to have just one?" And I could see why people would think that, because like in games like Meat Boy. And whatnot your jump height is however long you hold the button right right? but there's a specific art to jumping in 1001 spikes because everything is is made like it's like a big like grid everything is up like in blocks so you jump like your low jump jumps exactly one block up and your high jump jumps two and so like some parts there's like spikes above you but so like you can't high jump but there's like darts shooting at you so you have to jump over them so you have to like low jump under the spikes and over the darts and it's like like hmm. knowing when to use which one is like a very important part of being able to progress in well, like, d- the well i don't levels. think it's
3: bizarre to have two different types of jumps because i mean you have that in super mario world you've got the spin jump and the regular but yeah to true. have different height jumps that's i don't know that would be awkward yeah there's it's like, like a load
2: jump button and a regular jump and
3: yeah well
0: like i mean it's hard to explain without showing specific examples from the game but there's a lot of parts where like if you if you jump just your regular jump to get on a platform then like a dart shooter will shoot you so you have to do the high jump to get over the dart shooter and activate it so it shoots under you and then you land in front of it and you can jump from there and you like didn't get killed and it you like figure out how to use it pretty naturally in, like, Hmm. the first two worlds, so... Does it
2: kind of mitigate the difficulty of a, like, really super demanding precision platformer to have a jump button that is always set to jump a fixed distance, no matter how you press it? Well, it's not a fixed distance,
0: just, I mean, like, distance upward, yes. Uh, Yeah, like, it's... Alright, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. It's like in Super Meat Boy, sometimes they have those parts where there's, like... Two saws on either side of like an opening, and you have to like jump through them. You have to like thread the needle and get through mm-hmm. with this like perfect jump height. Uh, one thousand one spikes kind of like eliminates that kind of challenge by giving you a different one. Like so you always know you're gonna jump exactly one space, but a lot of lateral distance is like you still have like a, a perfect gauge of how far you can go laterally too. But you have to like really. Know what you're doing, and like I said, you learn it pretty easily. Everything just kind of you learn naturally, which so, is kind of
2: cool. Yeah, and since you said that, um like it's a fixed height, I guess mm-hmm. that also means that the levels would be designed more more laterally than longitudinally. And and now that you mention it, like that that kind of makes sense. Like I've always seen levels in this game doing a lot of scrolling horizontally rather than vertically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: they're actually a, like to counter that, there is a multiplayer mode in the game in Specifically, 1001, not the original called uh, Tower of Nanar, and all the levels are vertically oriented, but they're they're not set up in such like a hyper difficult way that the uh, the main game is. So like like they're meant to be like four people on screen jumping around on a bunch of kind of easy to access platforms, but with like a lot of like dumb things that you can mess up on. Like I like I saw that spike there. I didn't need to go like run into it, but I did because I'm having a great time. <laughs>
2: so that's like the extra party mode and the real super hardcore difficulty is the hor- is a horizontally challenging game
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's very interesting i recommend everybody go play it it's on so many things already it's on uh wii u and 3ds and steam and ps4 and i think it's coming to xbox one very soon
2: all right, well, Rad, I, I kind of sort of really want to check it out now, because I also <laughs> I, I have a lot of day job stuff going on, too. I need to do an easier video next week, and I think a Let's Play of um, 1001 Spikes would be rad. I would be down to watch you rage. <laughs> I have a surprising amount of
0: patience, my friend. This game has a surprising amount of, of anti-patience
3: built <laughs> in. I like horizontal challenge much more than three dimensional challenge. So oh, I think why should I, like I
2: say? I have Anyways, though. patience for anything. Anyways, um, so yeah, we top loaded this week's podcast with discussion rather than beginning with the news to get us mm-hmm. all buttered up and happy about the things we love in life, like 1001 Spikes and Mario right. Kart 8. Yeah. Because this week's theme is good news. Good Ooh. news, everybody. (laughs) The first half of our news topics will be devoted only to positive stories, good things happening in the world, because maybe there's too much pessimism going around. That's what a forum poster named Magic Inc., or uh, Magic Incorporated, I guess, is what he writes on their tax forms, suggested, and (laughs) I I kind of agree, even though you're gonna be more correct more often if you're a pessimist, but being an optimist is, like, healthy and fun and enjoyable and good for your relationships, right? It's just nice to feel nice every now and then. Happy is the new vitamin D. (laughs) Is happy the new cynicism? Is this going to be like our super popular (laughs) twist? Oh my gosh. Uh, Sure. I'm down.
1: Might possibly.
2: (laughs) The first happy news story of this week is that Wii U sales increased (laughs) 666%. (laughs) In the UK, that is, because of Mario Kart 8. What a happy topic to start off on! Yeah, what a what a joyous coincidence that uh, they increased six hundred and sixty-six percent. That's that's very healthy for the Wii U economy. To well, did you hear um, what they're doing number. to
1: celebrate that?
2: What are they doing?
1: Yeah, Nintendo having finally reached that coveted six-six-six, they're 666. going to release Satan as an unlockable Mii driver.
2: What awesome. they be saying? Sure, I'm break joking. up the monotony and all those Koopaling's. Satan's not a real Mario yeah. character until they make a baby, safe. God. baby Satan. Baby Satan.
3: Yeah. Oh my gosh, baby Satan. Lil yes. Lucifer.
2: <laughs> so, on um... all feels a baby. On May 30th, Mario Kart 8's UK release boosted the sales of the platform 666%. Mm-hmm. 82% of those sales were from consoles bundled with the game, hence the drastic rise in the console rather than the game sales, and it still rode in second place behind Watchdogs. And I guess like, okay, 666%. <laughs> that's so weird. Like that's a super <laughs> awesome coincidence. Yeah. But it also is is that enough to save the Wii U, like Are system selling apps still a thing these days? Well, okay. Here's what I'm seeing. If you're looking
0: forward, because we have E3 next week, which is obviously there's going to be things revealed at E3. We've already we already know that there's a GameCube controller adapter for the Wii U that's coming out with Smash Brothers to yes. like allow competitive
2: smash players to play on their favorite competitive controller on and, the and they're trying their darndest to be legit about competitive smash now
0: right they're like really listening to what people want and people want the real gamecube controller they don't want the wii pro controller and so when nintendo's listening now think about this they released that gamecube controller adapter their console sales just went up massively so a lot of people own a wii u But they might not want to be playing Wii U games. They might have just bought it for for Mario Kart 8. Literally just for Mario Kart 8. Well, imagine next week at E3 that they announce uh, like a dozen GameCube virtual console games coming to the Wii U. Like maybe, I don't know, F-Zero GX, maybe Mario Sunshine, uh, you know, kind of like Kirby Air Ride. Stuff that people really liked on the GameCube, but you know... It's stuck on the GameCube and they have the GameCube controller adapter. Like, that's more money that they can get without producing physical copies of games off of the people who just bought their Wii U and probably are still looking to, like, expand on their library who may not want the Wii U games that are a bit older, you know?
2: I hate the idea of them having to rely on old product, though, like... I still have my copy of F Zero GX, and I still have a GameCube hooked up to a little old crappy SD TV. Why
3: would I? Why would well, I? Not to play mention it? relying on their one of their biggest failures too. Like, because I mean, the GameCube was one of the least successful, so I don't think it'd be able to save. The but League. the games for it were super rad. No, yeah, they were. The... I love the GameCube, but I'm just saying.
0: That's the thing, though, is that I I agree with George in the sense that it's it's kind of. A little unsettling to see that most of Nintendo's like big announcements and big sales are remakes re-releases HD etc 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 but at the same time I liked those games a lot when I was a kid like I love love Kirby Air Ride if they released an HD version on the Wii U, I would be so happy for all the kids, all the, like, yeah, 10 to 12-year-olds exactly. who have a Wii U who have never, who weren't even old enough to experience that game when it came out, being able to experience it now. Because, like, a lot of those games still hold up. They don't need, like, sequels or anything. Just re-releasing them to people who have never played them is, yeah. like, bringing a good yeah, thing no to people who can't get them. Because like, GameStop doesn't have other
2: game to games too. anymore. Yeah, and I guess, <laughs> especially like, Ride the the way my own personal policy for buying Nintendo consoles works is i uh since um Gamecube and onwards, I've always waited for a mainline Zelda sequel like uh-huh. that's the system seller for me, like I was a huge super duper Zelda fan as a kid. I bought Gamecube for um for. Twilight Princess? No, Wind Waker, and oh, then yeah, Twilight Princess, Princess later Waker, on. And actually, the reason that Twilight Princess had a really good GameCube version is the reason why I don't think I ever got a Wii, is because it was years and years, way late into the console generation, that they made a dedicated mainline Zelda sequel for the Wii, which was Skyward Sword. By right. that time, it might have been too long. The reviews weren't good enough. It wasn't enough for me to actually fork over for what is, like, probably nowadays a 90 or or $100 console, even, even though I yeah. really want to play Xenoblade, but, um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah if they announce a legit mainline zelda sequel that that looks like it's gonna be good that isn't hyrule warriors at e3 i would be i would be super hyped about the wii u well uh i don't
0: know if you saw that that very likely fake but still circulating around list of the uh nintendo announcements i don't um, think i at e3. have three here. Let me see if I can pull it oh up. Oh my know... gosh. That yeah, reminds here, I got
2: me. I, got <laughs> I took slash V off my bookmarks toolbar and now I'm really not up to date on my fake game rumors. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um,
0: here, what do you I'm, got? Linking it. I'm linking it right now. That is a showroom instruction packet, apparently, for Nintendo. Looks pretty official, but it also looks like it could have been faked. But yeah. uh, as you see on the games list that they have of things that they're going to be talking about, you see a title called Legend of Zelda Unbound King for Nintendo Wii U. Unbound uh, King? Yeah,
2: which oh, God, it looks that is to be a badass subtitle. Right.
0: <laughs> uh, you see uh what else? Uh, Wii U HD Collection, Super Mario Sunshine HD and Wave Race Blue Storm HD. Uh, that sounds lame uh, enough to be real. <laughs> Yarn Yoshi. Uh, <gasps> Yarn Yoshi. Prof- another Professor Layton or Professor Layton versus Phoenix Wright on 3DS. Uh Dragon Quest 7 on 3DS like there's some things that look like kind of big things and there's that, that Wii U Zelda title that you were talking about. Yeah. I mean like I said most likely a fake list but if it's not I mean there's your, there's your Wii U seller Unbound
3: King. Unbound King would be a magnificent oh, name. Man. It, would, it would. Well we could <laughs> hope just be setting
1: name. ourselves up for grave disappointment here. I'm yeah, like, I mean like unbound hyped. king and getting something like <laughs> pink princess, pink gold Zelda.
2: Twilight princess,
0: <laughs> pink gold. I Twilight. was going to say pink princess. Are you are you saying that a a girl-based Zelda game would be a bad thing?
1: Oh no. What are you talking about? Girls love Zelda. Link is Actually, the girl, right? <laughs> Let's um, not even confuse people. Somebody is, was oh, I was
0: speaking of like girl and Zelda like somebody was talking to me the other week. And they mentioned that they were uh, looking at a poll that was taken on, like, what would people want to see in the next Zelda game. And consistently, for, like, the last few times they've done this, uh, choosable gender was the highest rated on the poll hmm, of, like, what, what people want. No. Which is really interesting to me, because, like, people want to play, like, I guess people really want to play Link. as Girl Link. Yeah. Link-a.
2: And that's also, like, I, on, on one level, I'm, like, not surprised, because... Like, I, I don't know why. I hate to make a generalization, but mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. my experience, girls really love Zelda. I don't know, Kite tails, you're, you're a girl. Like, what do you think of Zelda?
1: <laughs> I love Zelda. See, I told you. <coughs> I absolutely love her. I think she's amazing. Now, huh, it would be cool to play as her, but it's not. I've always played the series as Link, and it's never. I've never not been able to relate to him because he's a male and I'm not that's not yeah, something that's ever hindered me from relating to any characters so I guess maybe they just want to I just feel like that's going to mass affect it up
3: I can see yeah I can see that well um, and I, I get it because he's like an avatar but I mean he's not just an avatar like link it's it's like a story like a very concrete. Set up yeah, story. It is. He's also
2: become like a really identifiable symbol nowadays. Yeah. yeah. Like he's an so iconic I video mind game if they hero. Had
1: maybe a different character you could choose that was a female. I would not like a female version of Link though.
2: Yeah. yeah like I, I could, could easily imagine. Something
1: original if they wanted to I could to do
2: super that. easily imagine it having like playable segments or, or different campaigns where you play as like Zelda or are uh, uh, Impa actually, in Hyrule Royals and have that in Hyrule Royals you can play as Impa, can't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Impa's so cool.
0: Yeah, Impa's I mean, Impa's like kind of the one who's like made for the role. But <laughs> if you're going on like a main main series Zelda game where you're gonna be like fighting the big bad guy and like saving Hyrule or whatever place and like you know going through a bunch of dungeons Like, I feel like it should be specifically Link or Link Et if there is a girl version and not like (laughs) an alternate character, because it wouldn't make sense to be like, Link, you stay here. I, the side character who nobody has heard of before, will go save the day. And like the guy with the Triforce of Courage is like, "Eh, uh, all right. Well, I
1: think the new character would completely replace Link's role in it. If he chose them instead of Link, then you would be the Hero of Time, but you would be a different Hero of Time, if that makes sense. I don't know.
0: I guess I was, so. I don't know. I just feel like I don't mind the idea of a female link. At the same time, it seems like Link has never been like the poster child of like like super masculine, manly he's man stuff. He's like
3: he, especially and
2: in Skyward
0: Sword, he's super girly. He's got blue. Yeah, like, he's
3: his face and He has like fair skin,
0: like like nice hair. Yeah, he's just, like he's, just like, he's not like a super blonde, blonde hair. Guy. Very
1: very beautiful. He's like
0: <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't want to say like he's gender ambiguous obviously he's a guy but like he doesn't really he's not really like I'm the bodybuilder man I'm Marcus Phoenix
2: like men love men want to be (laughs) me like (laughs) not just one idea he's
1: not a tall glass of testosterone
2: (laughs) Resident Evil style alternate campaigns you have a male character and a female character you play through a game of roughly the same length from two different perspectives and two different characters Mm -hmm. like let's say one is Zelda and the other is Link you think that would work in a Zelda game? It, I, oh. I
0: feel like if they wrote what if they wrote the events and the story in a good way because yeah. like I think that would oh, work yeah, for definitely. a game like for a game like uh, Wind Waker if like the plot wasn't that uh, Tetra who is Princess Zelda gets kidnapped if it's like Tetra and Link work the entire game to save Link's sister then like Tetra and her pirate ship goes over here to do this while Link does this. Yeah, and like, yeah. I was
3: actually kind of expecting that when I first played it. Like, I w- it wouldn't have been that weird to play as Tetra at certain parts. If yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. I think that that would work. And they actually did have you you like control uh, Medley in one of the dungeons, mm-hmm. I and, and it worked fairly well. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know, maybe maybe I don't know. I, well, I know we'll that's kind of a tangent. Maybe but... an
1: Unbound King, you get to play as Ganon. Who knows?
3: That would be <laughs> <dope>. <laughs> that would be name awesome. <laughs> I was going to say, though, um, going way back to the whole Mario Kart thing, what I don't mm-hmm. get is why in Britain is Mario Kart 8 selling consoles and not, like, Super Mario 3D World or any of the, you know, more... I mean, it's I guess, I guess it makes sense, because look at what sells on the other systems. It's always, like, the really long-running franchises, but... Yeah, a big franchise with a... Yeah. Do they
2: in Britain? I don't. I don't know Britain. Britain's like cloudy and rainy. It's not. It doesn't have happy enough weather. Sitting
1: around racing. I
0: mean, if I was to take a guess, like I haven't been keeping up with the Wii U's lineup very well, but has there been like I know there are plenty of party games in the Wii U, like WarioWare and such, and Nintendo Land. Has there been like a big title party game like this before? Because there's not a Mario On the Wii U. Yeah, like a, like a multiplayer, like, get your friends to sit down, like,
2: big sequel. For the Wii U, I know of a few, but not any big ones. Oh, does Nintendo Land count? No, I, I, no I don't think that the... counts, because it's kind yeah. of a new thing. It's, like, kind of
0: an old thing, kind of a new thing. Are you talking they about one of Party their original titles? Yet. Yeah, well, like, what I'm saying is, like, games like Mario Party and Mario Kart have always been promoting, like, you know, local multiplayer, sit on the couch and have a good time with your friends... Kind
3: of thing. I mean, there was Land. well established. That's what Nintendo Land was supposed to be. It's just I kind have of Nintendo weird. Land,
1: and that's what we did. We'd invite people over, and people who had never ever picked up a controller in their life, we could not pry it out of their hands and tell them to go home. It's right, very but, very user friendly for local parties. I think. So I think that's what if they're you
0: kind were,
3: of trying I to mean, do. Like, though
0: I don't want to. I don't want to like like discount or like st- say that that's not true because i definitely love nintendo land as well and first time i played it i loved it but that's as a like open-minded nintendo fan who's like i'm yeah i'll try something new but like people who are unsure about buying the console if there's not like a mario party or a, a mario kart or something on it like do you think that any of them would be willing to be like i i'm nintendo land but what's it like it's not like anything. It's like itself. I don't know if I should buy that.
1: Like- I guess it depends on the consumer because when I think of Nintendo, I kind of imagine it to be the Disney of video games. So it's got this very family-friendly, fun, quality, friendship vibe about it that none of the other consoles uh-huh. get. So mm-hmm. parents, um, people who have friends over a lot and they want to entertain, I think is maybe who they would try to go for. Like I said, We Party You is, Uh it's just a party game and you can have up to, I'm not sure how many people for it. So, I don't Uh know. Maybe it's not enough incentive for people to go out and buy it and maybe Mario Kart 8 was the big thing everyone was waiting for because the Mario Kart games are super popular. Just at parties and,
0: yeah, no, that's no, what no. I mean. Is like they're they're well established. This is the yeah. eighth one. Obviously, it's been doing great for itself. So there
2: is there is one new numberless sequel franchise that did sell very well this week. Oh, that's do you segue. know what it is? <gasps> <laughs> I don't know. I do know what it is. Watchdogs. Watchdogs, Watchdogs sold four million copies in its first week. That's um, global stats. Not. Not UK alone. And um, <laughs> 4 million sales at $60 each. That's like. Hang on a second. Four times. Do the math. Two, that's like 224 million gross revenue. So. Yeah. That's like I, I, I almost
0: know. enough to pay off Grand Theft Auto V's uh,
2: development costs. So, yeah. Wow. It,
1: well, that puts it into I, perspective.
2: For some <laughs> reason, I. I want to say that um, this might be Ubisoft's, or Ubisoft rather, I had a fiasco trying to figure out how to pronounce Ubisoft. <laughs> I think this is Ubisoft's highest selling new IP ever, like I, more so than Assassin's Creed and any of the Tom Clancy franchises. Yeah, I feel like it is. Yeah, and I, I, I'm pretty sure I read that somewhere, but um, yeah ubisoft's best-selling new ip in history is that is that good news i I guess it is like it's good for the video game economy for people to buy numberless properties and take a risk right
3: yeah (laughs) i mean well like
2: Uh, okay this
0: is my thoughts on it you mentioned ubisoft is the people responsible for assassin's creed mm -hmm. if you look at assassin's creed 1 it's not a good game and but Watch you Dogs look at is at least Creed 2, better
2: than Assassin's Creed One. Like,
0: well, right. Watch Dogs <laughs> is at least better. And if you look at Assassin's Creed Two, Assassin's Creed Two is like objectively a much more interesting game than the first one. It deals with a more interesting character. It deals with like, like better gameplay objectively, overall. Huh. Uh, well,
3: okay. <laughs> Maybe not in the
0: character. I'm saying like design wise, objectively, it's it's more fun. It's not like a repetitive yeah, kind of. I, I know digest. what you're getting at. Right, I, I know, I, I worded that in an
2: odd order. But, I thought um, it was
1: going to be an Assassin's Creed game when I first saw the untitled footage of it a long I, yeah, time like ago. Yeah, like, they were going to set Assassin's
2: like, Creed in the present or future?
1: Yeah, I think you everyone know, you was kind of thinking.
3: What I think it is is, like, the open-world element. Like, Assassin's Creed came around right when that was becoming really big, and that's kind of, like, that sells really well now, just the open-world playground, like... Mm-hmm, like, because things GTA. for a thousand hours yeah. kind of thing. And that's you know like once it started like growing in popularity, just as Assassin's Creed was kicking off, that's why the like Assassin's Creed sequels were selling so well. Is because people really wanted this op- like not only because it's fun and uh, people like the whole playground aspect of it. I can't really think of a better word to describe it. Sandbox. Yeah, the whole. I mean, and it's not exactly a sandbox, but right, right. But no, I know what you mean. Also, because they they feel they get their money's worth, I guess. But I, I, I've, uh, it doesn't appeal yeah. to me that much. Like, Watch as Dogs someone looks kind of like it
2: it it looks it looks legit it looks a lot more fun than i say it is like I, I just spent like god i wish ubisoft had a time timer i mm-hmm. i swear i must have done like between 40 or 60 hours of watchdogs in one week wow. to get a review out a week after launch because they sent me it two days before launch and i i can't play through watchdogs in two days and then make yeah. a review about it in time but anyways whatever um I, like, it's good. It's a good game, but mm-hmm. I don't know if it's four million copies in first week good. Like, it's extremely unpolished for how much money they spent on it. They marketed it to hell. They ended up selling a lot, and I feel like they ended up selling a lot not because of the quality of the product, but rather because of the marketing. And maybe I mean, also <laughs> because of a desire for people to play something that is different. Because at first sight, it does look different. It looks... yeah. Like you're playing a normal guy in a nor- in a normal city, but after a few hours of playing, you might learn that it's really uh, it doesn't it doesn't play like what it looks like. It ends up <laughs> trying to do a cover shooter GTA clone kind of thing. Mm. Well, I mean, I think that's, that's kind of what I was trying to
0: say. I guess I didn't I didn't organize my thought very well, but what I meant was like Assassin's Creed One wasn't fantastic, but it sold a lot, right? And with that money, they were able to make Assassin's Creed 2, which was much, much better and is, like, regarded as a
2: better Assassin's Creed game. Eventually, they made it to Assassin good Assassin's Creed 4. That. Huh? I don't know if I feel, like, totally 100% good about that because that means that, in a way, they kind of got away with some shit the first time. Right. It's not a
0: good situation for the first game, and I don't feel great that people are losing out on their money if the, the game isn't polished, if it's not finished. I mean, Assassin's Creed 1, there were achievements that you could not complete because the game wasn't done. <laughs> oh, no. It was all, like, not nearly as bad as like Force Unleashed or something, but it was pretty bad. But like I'm saying with all these sales on a new IP, maybe they can take that and polish up their next watchdogs and make you know a better version of the first game that they didn't make the best of,
2: or maybe even make a new IP that's really good? Better than Watch Dogs? I don't know. Maybe. It just... It it also kind of makes me sad that this is not just a new game, it's a new IP. They've said before that they don't want to make Watch Dogs unless they can make it into a franchise, and I'd hate for... For watchdogs to become the next generation's Assassin's Creed? Like, what if they put the next game in some really interesting, exotic city like, I don't know, Shanghai? So let's say uh-huh. you run around Shanghai, it, you have some weird culture shock moments, you don't know what you're looking at, it's not a familiar American city. Say they improve the gameplay so that you have much deeper hacker mechanics, let's say... Right. Instead of pointing and clicking at a thing, you can choose from a list of commands to type into the City OS to have a much more interesting robust system. And then let's say they just repeat that game, which is really good, three more times, <laughs> like they did when they really when they came out with Ezio in Italy. So yeah. that the Watchdogs well, no, three, will. four, and five would be whatever cool new character in whatever cool new city ends up getting stale because they just decide to rely on it instead yeah, of like, they innovate didn't just, on it.
3: They didn't just say that about Watch Dogs. They said that about all the games they do. Like That's one thing I really don't like about Ubisoft. They said they won't even start on a game if they don't think they can make a franchise out of it.
2: Oh, man. Like that's People a- love to hate on EA, but right now Ubisoft is like... One of my least favorite publishers right yeah. now, especially yeah. with all the Uplay stuff I have to put up with on the PC. I can't believe how bad their proprietary software store is. People need... I think
0: I think what, what really needs to happen, and I know this is like a pipe dream that will not happen. People need to just stop trying to make their own, like, Steam. And oh my god, yes. Like, j- like stop doing... Like, I, don't <laughs> I don't want Square- Origin. I don't want Square. Did you Ruby, know Square please. Enix has one? They Are you <laughs> serious? Square. E- I bought Final Fantasy VII the like re- the release on Steam when it came out because I was like, oh, maybe I'll play this. I had to make a Square wow. account to wow. log into that Why? to play the game. What does that do for <laughs> them? I don't know, but I can't play the game unless I'm connected to the internet on Steam and on Square Enix. It's so I can't just do like
1: sending emails. Mode. Keep you in a like so much.
2: They get so much hatred for this, and I don't see how they could be making extra money for this. It's just it's more bullshit for exist. both us and them to put up with. Yeah, I mean,
0: like, my experience is, oh like, Windows Live Gaming for Dark Souls, Square Enix, like, whatever that's called for for uh, Final <laughs> Fantasy Seven, Origin for
2: Titanfall, and now you play for Watch Dogs, like, just... Just stop it. Stop it. I, and I don't it's know how, how good the Square Enix one is. Like, it's bad enough that you have to have an extra icon to click on, an extra process to run, eating up your resources, and um, just extra time in between downloading and installing a game before actually loading it up and playing it after you make your popcorn and grab a beer. Um, right. <laughs> but I, I don't know how bad Squeenix's software is, but Ubisoft's Uplay is awful <laughs> like Gosh. uplay has crashed the game on many accounts outside of the game where you play crashed and not the game and that caused the game to crash and yeah there but the first two days there were a lot of downtime on uplay i couldn't play the game because play was down it suddenly turned into you can't play and yeah. you also this really <laughs> bugs me like this really tickles my ocd you cannot minimize Uplay play and then launch your game mm. you have to keep Uplay play open like mm. in front of your screen taking up room on your screen or else the game will default to minimize or windowed mode because it thinks that um you minimized and alt tabbed out of the game even though you minimized and alt tabbed out of Uplay play instead
0: yeah yeah, I mean this this topic went from happy
2: sunshine to uh to Dark Skies yeah, very okay. quickly. Um, happy <laughs> happy sunshine. Good news is that Konami approved of a Metal Gear fan remake. Cool. Um <laughs> A modding team called Outer Heaven released a news update on their Metal Gear remake mod page on June 3rd, saying that Konami has given them the green light to create a fan game, the fan game being a remake of Metal Gear 1, mm-hmm. assuming that they do not make a profit, commercialize the project, or accept donations. Uh-huh. And um, it's going to be using the Alien Swarm engine. Are you guys familiar with that? Uh, yes. Alien Swarm. Top-down Alien shoot em up I don't yeah. remember. I really like that game. Yeah, it I was like free, too. it. It's too. pretty fun. I mean, like, if you're playing Left with friends. Top-down co-op, right. Um, yeah. But, I don't know, refresh me if I'm wrong, I don't think it had any stealth gameplay built in, did it? Um, In the Alien Swarm engine... I don't, th- uh, I don't well, remember I guess, any. I mean, you can do almost anything with an engine, but were there, right, like... Right, right, right. Did the enemies ever have, like, an unaware state? No, you know, now that you mention it, uh, as far as I
0: had played into the game, it was a lot of, like, you get to a section and, like set enemies come out from here, here, and here. Except for, except for, I do remember there was like rather large enemies that you can move behind when they were walking in a certain direction and they wouldn't notice you unless you shot at them. So maybe, yeah, but like
2: maybe. not really. There wasn't really like a focus on no. that. Like AI might be the hugest challenge, especially for a stealth game made by fans who aren't yeah. going to be making money for it. Right. Because um, stealth games kind of have to have really complicated AI. Yeah. But the engine, it seems like, a reasonable choice because it's top down that um, also does fancy 3D effects mm-hmm. fairly well. So, yeah, are you guys are you guys familiar with fan games a lot? Like, there are a few rare good ones. But I actually not...
3: used to make them. <laughs> oh, really? which, which which ones? <laughs> I made what, Mario what have you done? fan games,
0: <gasps> like uh, like
3: ROM hacks. No, I made like legit Mario fan games. Like, oh, wow. I was I was a really old member of mfgg Mario fan games galaxy. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And uh I've been there like close to since the beginning. I'm not there anymore really like I mean once I started my channel I stopped going but I know so many people that have made so many. I actually I've talked to the guy Thunder Dragon who made Psycho Waluigi if you guys have played that. I haven't no. that sounds interesting. That sounds I used awesome. Psycho Waluigi. It's it's, it's like I the best. Mario, fa- you guys should. It's so fun. <gasps> there are so many good, good Mario fan games. games. I should, I should. There's so many fun ones like and mine were really bizarre. I was trying to make one with full voice acting last time because it, the results were hilarious but That's unfortunately so cool. I lost all my I lost like, all my stuff.
2: Super Mario crossover is a great example of a great fan game mm-hmm. Super Mario Brothers X is a fan mm-hmm. game that is literally some of the most fun local co-op I have had in my entire life uh-huh I don't know why, but I guess because um, the sprites translate really well. Mario is really good fodder for fan games. Well, <laughs> and
3: the engine, like the way it plays, is just kind of really. It's not. I want. I don't want to say it's easy to replicate, but it's, it's easy very, to replicate crap. I could imagine <laughs> it being easily, easy
0: to it's reproduce. It's something that that doesn't have a lot of very complex mechanics where you have to like like it's but not affected mechanics. Right. I don't know if you guys have ever played Dust Force, but like I've mm-hmm. been messing around in Game Maker trying to like how do you make wall jumps but like running up the wall and running on the ceiling and it's just like there's a lot to like take and into you account you don't have to
2: worry about that when you're making a mario game right you jump <laughs>
3: some, of the, some of the fan gamers will get really experimental like someone was trying to make a whole super mario galaxy 2d and they spent like months on it but it was just turning out so bizarre i guess it was too hard for them to program mario walking on the you know all around planetoids and right. stuff. right
0: actually that that reminds me of uh somebody made shortly after super mario galaxy came out somebody made super meat boy galaxy which is like hmm. it, it was like a couple levels it was like uh i think it was a lot of the hell level from like or the hell world from is super meat, meat boy. boy that old uh meat boy is 2008 i believe oh originally. are we talking meat boy? meat
2: boy or super meat boy
0: super meat boy oh super oh, okay. meat boy
3: is that old i didn't
2: yeah that. it
0: came out shortly after braid Oh wow! Like like maybe with like within a year, Braid. Right? I don't know the release date exactly, but that really
3: was,
2: was the beginning of the, it,
0: of the of indie the pretend game the pretend- <laughs> Indie exploring. platformer. Well, uh, anyways, though, I, I maybe I could find a video of it to show you guys during the commercial break. But uh, Super Meat Boy Galaxy was like somebody took what was essentially the the Mario Galaxy like idea of what it was, and they like recreated levels from meat boy but like in this weird like planetary shape Hmm. and with the same like very precise very fast wall jumping and mechanics that were in meat boy and it just like looked really like fantastic it was like cool and interesting and it's another like interesting fan game that like kind of was not I i don't know if it was successful but it was like
2: cool and good have you guys ever heard of charles barkley shut up and jam Gaiden. No I'm I'm watching a Two Best Friends playthrough of it these days It is absolutely hilarious It is a surprisingly complex And deep JRPG About Charles Barkley Going on a quest in a cyberpunk (laughs) Post-apocalyptic Neo New York To uh, save The sport of basketball From a (laughs) Basketball inquisition Hmm. Headed by Michael Jordan And the whole game is just like Sprites and music stolen from other <laughs> games pasted together in RPG Maker with crazy. really really fun paper mario combat where you have to do timed button taps to land your attacks in a turn-based huh. system. Well, wow. yeah, people have managed to do some incredibly <laughs> fun and hilarious things by by pasting together stolen artwork. But that's that's the crutch, isn't it? It's stolen artwork. Yeah. Like what you're supposed to do when you make a fan game? If it's a big, you- ambitious one, like an entire remake of a beloved franchise, is not tell anyone until it's done. Yeah.
3: Seriously. Seriously. People are really Don't- bad at that on MFTG. <laughs> oh, they are <laughs> so be bad like, at My it. My new game I'm making, and then like three years later, whatever happened to that? Don't be <laughs> <Yeah>, Chrono
0: Resurrection. <laughs> well, because, <laughs> I mean, I think that just stems from the idea that they want to know if anybody even cares.
3: Yeah. I, I mean, I was like that because I started when I was like 11 or so. Uh-huh. And I used to be like, I'm, I'm, I'm making this, and like, people would actually respond all like interested, and I wasn't making anything. I didn't know how to make right. a game. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> um. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know. That. I mean, like, that's pretty. It's pretty cut and dry. That's just like. Hmm. like I'm making uh, Super Meat Boy 2 Is anybody interested? And if nobody replies, like, ah, I wasn't actually making that. I was
3: kidding. But people just, do
1: it. Just testing the waters. <laughs> there did
3: was you guys a ever hear about the whole, like, Ocarina of Time 2D that was in production for, like. Oh, I remember that. What happened years? to that? I know, I
2: remember right? reading I, about I, that in, like, 1999 or something.
3: I know. It was really old. It's, did that ever come out? I don't think so. I mean, I would have oh. heard about actually, about it.
0: Actually, that reminds me of the. Uh, Somebody was remaking uh, Majoras Mask with the Link to the Past engine or like like that style. That would be amazing. Like top down it Majoras might. Mask.
2: Like I don't know. There's no guarantee that fan games will be good and the ones that are good are like the exception. Yeah. Like of well, like, course but we, yeah. we've been talking about the exceptions this whole time really because yeah, they do exist but um fan games the standard is much lower they're not technically supposed to exist mm-hmm. <laughs> don't talk about them until <laughs> they're out like as much fun as Super Mario Brothers X is Nintendo did issue a cease and desist and took their official website off the uh, off the internet but you know what the game is on the internet doesn't yeah. matter you mm-hmm. can still yeah. google it and find it really easily Yeah By the way I have some bad news oh Great. Everything we were previously talking about no longer matters. Eh. The game has been canceled. <laughs> according to Mod DB, the page now says it has ceased development. There is no explanation behind why as far as we Aww. know. The developers might have even lied about getting approval from Konami to make this fan game. Well, that's sad. That All of our sad. hopes and dreams of a free and wonderful fan workplace have been dashed. <laughs> oh no. Oh, I was no. so excited. More it's bad right, news. I, I, after- don't really, I don't really play Metal Gear, so I don't really care. <laughs> wow! More <laughs> bad news after these messages. Gosh! Now, when you buy the Sega Genesis that comes with Sonic One, you'll get Sonic Two absolutely free. Sonic Two handles stubborn stains, embarrassing bald spots, no problem. It even slices and dices, makes thousands of Julian fries. But wait, you can play it too. This free Sonic 2 is a $54.99 value. You get two Sonics for the price of one. Sonic 2 fits easily into any tackle box. Made from a space-age polymer plastic for years of family fun. And pets love it, too. Buy the Sega Genesis that comes with Sonic 1 and get Sonic 2 free. Act now. Wiener Dog sweater sold separately.
3: Hey guys, what's up? This is Gerard Khalil, a.k.a. The Completionist, a.k.a. The Beardman, a.k.a. That One Video
0: Gamer, with a special announcement for all you guys at home. This July 11th through the 13th, it's going to be the Screw Attack Gaming Convention, and myself... Greg, Alex, and the Dex crew are going to be there. We're going to have panels. It's going to be a great time. Uh, You should get your tickets now. Use the coupon code BEARDMAN with a capital B. That's B-E-A-R-D-M-A-N to get your tickets right away. Go ahead and book your hotels as well. They have combo bundles on the site, and we'll go ahead and provide links in the description below for the podcast. But... Guys, come see us. We're going to
2: be there. It's going to be a blast. We're going to have so much fun meeting all you guys. Please come say hello. Please come to our panels. We'll announce times as we get closer to it. But yes, come. We're excited to see you. Uh, It's going to be awesome. See you guys there. Welcome back to the TOVG Podcast, where we were once formerly the happiest podcast on the internet. Now we're only talking about (laughs) bad news. Let's start off. Former Bulletstorm developer says $60 for a game in 2014 is insane. In an interview with Games Industry International, Adrian Schmilarz. Ch- <laughs> Chim- your oh guess God. is as good as mine. Chimilars? Yeah, I'm really, I'm really Chimilars? sorry, Adrian. I <laughs> say uh, I'm really, I'm really sorry, Adrian. I cannot, I cannot do your last name. But yeah, this uh, developer named Adrian, who helped make Bulletstorm, said in an interview with Game Industry International that in 2014, sixty dollars for a game is a little insane. Yeah. Um, fully explaining his argument might take too long to quote it directly, but in sum, he was talking about the cost of developing features that he sees as unnecessary added expenses, like having multiplayer modes in addition to single player modes, or, um, increasing game length that, for games that might not necessarily need to be really long, like, Uh If you have a 40-hour sandbox game full of padding like Watch Dogs, that's probably what he's talking about. (laughs) Other Mm. other such unnecessarily expensive features might include tablet apps, social community features, and um, exclusive content and special editions for everything under the sun, a lot like Watch Dogs did it. (laughs) Uh, he cites Dead Space as an example of a AAA game that would have worked great as a smaller, cheaper franchise, mm-hmm. but got killed because of EA wanting to turn just one of its games into this massive, expensive product platform. Yeah. And yeah, I, I don't know what you guys think, but six, saying $60 for a game is insane is is kind of a bold statement because it could be misinterpreted a number of ways. I think his argument is kind of solid and I, not that offensive.
0: I I have to agree with you and agree with him. Yeah, um, same think, here, actually. I think what he's saying to back up his argument makes a lot of sense. Uh, I I around the time that Dead Space 3 came out, which is the Dead Space that he's citing as the one that, with unnecessary features and such, uh, I was a big naysayer of the game because I, I I don't know, I didn't like that they were adding all this stuff that, like, doesn't seem like any Dead Space player really wanted. I mean, like, like if... It, it, Co-op? It, right, like, Dead Space is a is a big horror game i mean that's that's at least what the first one was marketed as was a horror game and you know it may not have been the scariest game it may have been filled with a lot of jump scares but i think it was a very enjoyable game to play i really like it that was back Uh, when ea
2: was good yeah
0: right and like it's no amnesia like it's not gonna like like have you cowering in bed for a long time but like (laughs) it's it's pretty it's pretty good and you know the logical step forward from that would be making it better And a lot of people who liked it were horror game fans, and they wanted it to be scarier. And, you know, how do you make a game scarier? By allowing you to play it with a friend, right? That's not how it works. No. No, it's not. You're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, like, I know that's kind of like a harsh thing to say, but like, I don't think any Dead Space fan was like, man, you know what I really want to do right now? I want to play this uh, with a friend and make it not scary and make it a shooter game instead of... Like yeah. instead of like more horror based and they kind of did that have, and it kind of know, ruined the idea for me, like I don't really want <laughs> another Dead Space
2: game now. I might have spoken too harshly about it because nowadays you are actually seeing multiplayer horror games that manage to be scary and I guess the prime candidate would be DayZ but it's uh-huh. not the same like they didn't build it on a survival horror genre control scheme with like right. clunky tank controls like you have in, in Dead Space like yeah yeah it's uh, built on armor, and the reason it is scary is not because of things jumping out at you, but because you're constantly running out of supplies. The reason it's scary to play with other people is that other people are horrible human beings who don't help you, <laughs> right, like in a right. co-op game, but rather hinder you and take advantage of you in yeah. entirely unpredictable ways because they're humans, which is something that... I see a lot of multiplayer co-op horror games like Resident Evil and Dead Space 3 completely miss the point of. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And like, there are probably ways you could have a counter-operative mode in a horror game with entirely unpredictable monsters coming at you because they're controlled by humans rather than you having a human buddy helping you out, which thus would make the situation less tense. You mean Left for Dead 2? Well, yeah, I guess, but Left 4 Dead is... the only is, one who
1: likes co-op horror games because I'm too afraid to play them on my own. Oh.
3: <laughs> I, <laughs> I feel like co-op scary. completely ruins horror, but, like, it doesn't ruin the shock value. I mean, Daisy is just shocking as hell. Like, I don't really... It doesn't necessarily scare me. It just, like, gives me a heart attack. At least the first <laughs> time I played it. Fr- I've only played it, like, once, so... Well, I, th- I think... But... Yeah, 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 go ahead. No, yeah, I just co-op it just doesn't really work because one of the reasons i like horror games so much is the lonely atmosphere like being afraid to move forward you don't get that when you're playing with someone else you know yeah because then your life is a bit
2: more expendable because you have someone else to pick up after you i don't
1: know i i think also it depends if co-op is a a big selling feature you know who how many more people will buy the game because it's co-op and because they can play with their well, or their siblings
3: obviously not a genre you can really market like to a massive
1: I guess like, maybe not horror but You used to be has able anyone to Have ever played Amoreans on N64? I have not. Mm-mm. Well, it That's was a new an, one on me. I I don't know if I call it horror but it was an old co-op game where you fought these really really creepy scary bugs and you're in Oh my gosh, like, the I know what
0: game you're talking about.
1: Yes, and that was co-op. So <laughs> My dad specifically bought it just so my brother and I would have a co-op game to play together. Otherwise, he probably wouldn't have. But I think that was <laughs> the first scary co-op game I played. But wait, like, wait, what was for this example, called? It's called Armorines.
3: Armorines? I want to see this. You got me all really curious. Nenna it's so game. much
1: fun. It was so... It was scary, though, because when he died, I just had to go on by myself. <laughs> well,
0: okay, I, like... I'm not going to knock the idea of co-op in general because co-op is a great idea. Like, co-op sells games, definitely. But um, I think what the whole, like, guy, the the Adrian, the Bulletstorm devs, like, deal here is, like, Dead Space was kind of, like, they tacked on the co-op because, like, because of that idea. Like, co-op sells. People will buy this if it's co-op. Like, but the people who really wanted another Dead Space game wanted, like, closure to the story, like, you know how the other dead space games yeah. have gone i mean like at least that's what i wanted i can speak for myself i suppose not for everyone else but like a real like hardcore dead space fan wasn't going like i want to play this with my buddy like maybe it, i guess it got some new people into it but like i don't know i i just i do agree with the guy's statement that 60 dollars is kind of ludicrous for. Yeah. A it really depends and, on
1: the game though because let's say should mass effect 3 be 60 dollars no but what about skyrim no. It
2: kind no. of depends on. Skyrim is designed game. for the for its length, and mm. I think what he's also talking about is that a lot of AAA games are not designed for their length. Um, and I, I and I don't know. In a way, I kind of feel like he said sixty dollars for a game in twenty fourteen is insane, partially because it's a shocking thing to say because people would be think, "What? No, sixty dollars is a lot of money for a little video game." But uh-huh. What he's saying is that developing a $60 game, a $60 AAA game in 2014 is insane. Back in 2009, you could make really short, focused AAA games like um, Bulletstorm or Mirror's Edge. Uh And I guess what he's saying is that nowadays you can't get away with it. And the reason why I like using (laughs) Watch Dogs as an example is because it's a stealth game that yeah. is unnecessarily a sandbox game like it has really great fun stealth segments that work really well when the levels are designed to take advantage of it and also the hacking features well, That's but I when you're driving to Assassin's Creed yeah like a lot of games that i see coming out nowadays like Watchdogs, and I guess Metal Gear Solid 5 might fall victim to this as well, because it's also a sandbox game. Mm-hmm. And um, like Destiny, maybe, they might just be too big for the core mechanics that they're trying to convey. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, it I guess it kind of also depends on what direction they're trying to take video games. If they're getting further away from gameplay and focusing more on the experience and the environment... I yeah, it would depend on the game. I'm kind of the person who looks at a game and says, "Okay, I really want this for the gameplay, not so much everything else padding that." So yeah,
3: I yeah, don't know. No, yeah. Padding People isn't are good. People like, forgetting that like replay value is so much more important than length. And I don't, I don't know if this yes. is even really relevant. Oh, but and that's when, what Platinum does so well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't know if this is even like relevant, but when I was a kid, fifty dollars seemed really over the top for like a lot of the games I'd been buying. Yeah, like I don't know, maybe it's just me, but sixty. Like when I saw that they were starting to price them at sixty, I was just like, "Holy crap!" This I never is getting out buy a of games
1: full price. That's just ridiculous. No,
3: no. Unless yeah. I'm really excited about them coming yeah, out. Yeah. Like,
1: <laughs> unless it's well, I well, I didn't buy Mario Kart Eight, but I am playing it. I'll just say that. <laughs>
0: I won't uh, what what Kiteles is saying is that she stole it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, okay, that could be taken the wrong way. I did not pirate it. Let me just say that <laughs> for anyone no, listening.
0: Um, I, like, I, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Of course. Uh, I don't know. Like I, I'm with you, Jordan, in the same way. Where like I remember when games were like 40, and I was like, wow, well, that's that's a lot. And you know, like need yep. to like pick and yeah. choose which game I want what's my next <laughs> game gonna be because then I'm, I'm gonna have that one for like a few months before I and then like you know it bumped up to 50 and I was like I really need to choose what my next game is gonna be yep. and then I like started working and it kind of seemed like I started like working and having a job didn't seem as much but now that I'm paying bills and rent and stuff and living and you think about it too
1: know, $60 that's only 40 shy of 100 that's a lot of money that's it a is. very
2: mm-hmm. big amount of money and for like, something I, that I you may say, not even
1: like, okay this has been done before
2: yeah 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 Yeah. Um, like judging by length is a silly thing to do but like you said Jordan like replay value is really important and what I think a lot of AAA developers nowadays are kind of misunderstanding is that replay value isn't the same as longevity nor the same as padding like I would much rather have a super highly polished six hour game that you can replay extremely differently eight times
3: okay I have to disagree
1: with that I, I would not be able to like it wasn't um, what was that game that was really short that came out Dishonored everyone a was lot. complaining it was really really short <laughs> oh, yeah. but it was really expensive
3: uh-huh.
1: and that's one of the criticisms that I repeatedly heard was you just weren't getting your money's worth you have to think about it like in terms of what we pay for entertainment how much is a regular movie ticket
2: like 12 bucks mm-hmm. 12 12 15 ish.
1: dollars and that's yeah. what for 3 hours yeah so I think people have kind of It's a double standard. Yeah, well they that's how they think about it is what is this worth as far as the amount of time it's going to entertain me. I think that's how the average person thinks about it.
3: I've I've definitely I've criticized length before. Like when people like and even even Jimmy's done this in one of his videos, and I like that video a lot. People will like (laughs) talk about how people need to stop criticizing length, but at the same time people are like buying little worlds to like sink their brains into so <laughs> sometimes length is pretty I don't know I don't know it just depends well, on the type of game
0: I like okay my my big deal with length is that like if the game is designed like like george was saying earlier it's like skyrim is designed around its length right like you mm-hmm. like it feels good to waste an hour walking across the landscape because like the landscape's beautiful it's big and massive you can like see a mountain way in the distance and you walk and the mountain gets bigger and you're like oh my gosh i'm in this like crazy big world and it's just like it feels cool right so it was like built to feel cool for the amount of time that you're playing it. Whereas if Skyrim, if all the towns
2: were like smashed together and there was like a big line of dungeons just sitting outside, obviously <laughs> it would be, it would super be dumb. lame Because like, the combat isn't like polished enough to right. make for an exciting six hour experience, and the exactly. dialogue isn't compelling enough to make for a tightly focused six hour story. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> like Skyrim's length being
0: a lot of walking around and stuff is because it was designed for that to be one of the more like enjoyable parts of the game like seeing trees and seeing like giants and their mammoths walking around like it's yeah, kind of it's kind of like fun and cool I,
3: that's why but, I say it like depends on the type of games right like, know, like I mean it.
0: even Braid like my favorite game in the world Braid if you were to make Braid a 40 hour game with long walks between <laughs> would cool. yeah but then <laughs>
1: again you would never pay $60 for Braid would you uh
0: not 60 no you got me there
1: like yeah. maybe 25 I don't know
0: uh, like, like Braid would be one of the games that I that would push me to like Like the 30s, even as short as it is, because I can play that game forever. I can play that game again and again every day, and it would be just as good as the first time. But yeah, yeah, 60 is still a bit much. I I fall into the type of
1: person where I I can enjoy replaying a game, not immediately after I do it, maybe. I've played Chrono Trigger who knows how many times, but it hasn't been. (laughs) It's been over the years. Mm So, I don't know. And I did at one time play $60 for that cartridge just because of I mean, Chrono it, the rarity really long, of it, but yeah, I'd say Chrono Trigger is a sixty dollars game. I'll say that.
2: I couldn't could imagine paying game. sixty for Chrono Trigger, but yes! it's also like nowadays that I'm reviewing games, which mm-hmm. means I have to play through a lot in a very short amount of time. Yeah. I really appreciate shorter games <laughs> now. Like my <laughs> yeah, favorite definitely. game I played last year, I think, was Metal Gear Rising, which has a story that might take you like six or seven hours with maybe 4 hours if you don't die. Yeah, yeah. But definitely. but you can play it again and again entirely differently with all mm. of these different modes that unlock all of these different crazy kind of things with all different play styles that um I, I don't know, like that makes it worth $60 for me when when there's both replay value and a tight polished experience that feels that still feels good the first time. or feels good again and again because there are also, like I wouldn't play through a Bioshock game more than once (laughs) because there just isn't enough variation in play style there Right, right, I I definitely see what you're saying, yeah Um You know, I Metal Gear Solid 3 is a nice long 18 hour action game that you can play through again and again Mm -hmm. and have an entirely different experience every time, Mm -hmm. and they're making a Metal Gear Solid movie (laughs) (laughs) That's Damn a it. segue, right? That's uh, close <laughs> enough. Uh, um, Sony Picture Studios <laughs> is in early talks with a director named Jordan Vogt roberts to come aboard and direct their adaption, adaptation of Metal Gear Solid. Mm. Um, any other Metal Gear Solid fans in here besides me? No, sorry. Oh, Not yet, but uh,
1: I'm planning on being one.
2: I want to oh, play them. Before?
0: I want to being... understand... But uh, not at this point, have I? Okay, yeah, I, I have to whole like, block set the
1: downstairs that I haven't started yet. <laughs> oh <my> but <laughs> I wish,
2: I wish I could be you guys because you're in for a hell of an adventure. Like if you start in release order, like start Metal Gear Solid one, two, three.
1: Yeah.
2: Maybe four. I don't know. Well, I did 4 is, play the first one, <laughs> and, and I thought it was just dies.
1: unbearably goofy.
2: <laughs> oh, then then you it will at least know what I'm talking about here. Okay, I hate being reminded that the Metal Gear Solid <laughs> movie exists because that being unbearably goofy is is a very video gamey thing to do. I think it would be really easy to mess up a Metal Gear Solid movie by making a really dumb goofy action movie yeah. that doesn't have the kind of smart edginess that Metal Gear Solid tries to have, which makes it kind of adorable. As long <laughs> as they
1: do not make Scarlett Johansson Merrill.
0: Mm.
2: <laughs> oh. uh,
1: why not? Because she can't act.
2: <laughs> shots fired. Well, also yes, like Metal Gear Solid fired. isn't known for its acting. Like David Hayter, who voiced Solid Snake, like he did a goofy as hell, super stereotypical, rough, gravelly action hero voice, but yeah. you still love him anyway because that's kind of how the characters are built as as uh, as cheesy I video mean, game heroes. If they're heroes. going for
1: some like machete version of oh, Metal God. Gear, then. <laughs>
2: It's not it's not grindhousey, but it is kind of comic booky. Well, let,
0: to put into respect, to put into perspective, though, George, the acting may not have always been like super praised in Metal Gear Solid, but Metal Gear Solid is a video game where the acting can take uh, can take you know shotgun seat, to especially way yeah. gameplay, exactly. which All was sorts great of other as far as I know, right. Yeah. And you know acting is what carries a movie. There is no other element to the movie aside from the acting, the visuals, and the audio. And
2: so
3: Well, I mean, I don't think anyone would say like Angelina Jolie was a bad (laughs) actor, but that Tomb Raider movie was hilarious. Movies (laughs) don't (laughs) totally hinge
2: on acting. Like I don't know, Alfred Hitchcock didn't use super serious method actors. Everyone acts really cardboard in a lot of fun movies that are great. Yeah. And I guess what I'm afraid of... It's directed by Avi Ared, who um, does popcorny brand adaptions. He produced Amazing Spider-Man 2, The Incredible Hulk, X-Men The Last Stand... Like, the Sony Marvel movies, rather uh-huh. than the actual Marvel movies, which are uh-huh. known for getting much, much higher scores. Right. So, it's not necessarily... like. Okay, I haven't seen his big movie, which was Kings of Summer. Has anyone seen Kings of Summer in here? I have not. No. It got decent-ish reviews, and the guy's like a young director who was around, I think, thirteen or fourteen, around Metal Gear Solid, around the time it came out. So he might be able to appreciate the really weird, campy storytelling that video games can get away with more than an older director would. Uh, is that a horrible thing know. to say? I don't think uh, it's
1: going to work. It's just
2: so easy to mess up a video game movie. Like it is. Like Silent Hill might be the best one, and that was okay. Like it wasn't, it wasn't super
3: good. Yeah, yeah no, I, that, I, I've actually considered that the best video game movie in the past. But there's no, and, the and it is kind of like Brothers silly. Movie?
2: Oh, Whoa. actually, no, you, you <laughs> might be right. People hate it, but if you go watch the Super Mario Brothers movie, it is a lot of fun. I it actually,
0: is. I like that it movie for how dumb it like, is. Like, especially
3: with, you like, um, Dennis Hopper as Bowser. <laughs> yeah. Just, well, you I know, know what He was worked, hated though, for that performance. Is,
1: it was completely different. They reimagined the world and made it something new. Mm. They made it so that it could work for a movie.
0: Yeah, I mean, like... Could like kind of work for me. Could
1: I mean, <laughs> as far as you know, it goes the way they kind of envisioned what the Goombas would look like and things yeah, like yeah. that. But what are you going to do for a movie that already uses
3: well, I also realistic I elements and
1: realistic storyline.
3: Well, I think kind, that'll make it kind easier of easier than a movie like Super Mario
2: Brothers. Like
1: I know they yeah. can't be as creative though.
2: I think I saw the Super Mario Brothers movie when I was twenty in like two thousand and ten. So <laughs> it was really easy to laugh. It, the cheesy early <laughs> 90s-ness of it all. Yeah. And that kind of makes it a bit easier to digest. Like I remember people really hated how it wasn't true to the game at all. Right. But when you come into it with um, expectations that are entirely different than what people back then would have had then you see it in a different light yeah. that makes um, some of that stuff okay if it was true
3: to the game back then that would have been very It would have been maybe weird. even worse. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> all I remember is all the girls in my class that Luigi was hot.
3: Weird.
2: John Leguizamo, right?
1: I don't even know the actor.
2: That is like. that was on to be a gangster in the Sopranos.
1: Really? <laughs> yeah, which is <laughs> hilarious. Year of Luigi.
2: Um, okay, so yeah, Metal Gear Solid movie. I I'm really scared cuz I love Metal Gear Solid and I'm really scared of them turning it into a dumb popcorn action figure adaptation that um like you can make a dumb Metal Gear Solid movie. The Metal Gear Solid movie's kind of come off as dumb, but it would be so easy to make them an action movie instead of a character drama. Like, right. make it a dumb character drama, but with smart characters. Like, that's right. what Metal Gear Solid kind of is. Uh-huh.
1: I think you should be scared.
2: I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I also think you should be scared. Your
1: fear is validated.
2: Oh god! At the very very right. really, beginning,
1: I didn't even see the movie, but amazing I amazing Spider-Man how Two, not not
2: regular Spider-Man. 2. Amazing Spider-Man regular Man 2. Spider-Man Two was was pretty pretty all right. Uh, We're okay really, in my book. Tom I liked I liked. Like it's Tobey Maguire. No, I don't that like
0: Tobey Maguire Toby at I don't. Maguire.
1: Why didn't they Toby do Tobey Maguire's Grace? crying
0: face makes me want to punch Tobey Maguire yes! in the face. Oh, oh my god! face and the
1: hair <laughs> 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 and the pelvic thrust. That was
0: Spider-Man oh 3, though, god. to
2: be fair. Spider-Man 2 wasn't nearly as bad and as 3. And you know what? I have not seen Spider-Man 3, and I feel like I might have better memories of Spider-Man 2 because of that. I would yeah, suggest yeah, no, just, watching
1: it just for the hilariousness.
2: Don't watch it. Don't hurt yourself. <laughs> like oh, I watched on. the Mario you Brothers laugh. movie. At... You won't laugh. You'll you cry. Okay. Try. You'll make well, the me okay. movie first. <laughs> crying okay. face. I, I, don't, I don't watching wanna, it. <laughs> I don't want us to run out of time here. And we have okay. one okay. last topic. One All last right. topic. Yes. And... This is the last topic, but not the least topic. It is something very interesting that one of our forum members has given us, and it is, uh, Matt cd MattCD42 says that he found last week's discussion that we had about Adam Sessler to be extremely fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, Jordan and Kite were on for last week, so this might be news to you guys, but it was about Adam Sessler releasing a little short memoir article he wrote for Kotaku about 2,000 words, talking about um, his history with video gaming. But it, of course, was there to claim Clarify why he left Rev3 and um, what the experience of being fired from G4 as this super popular, super important video game media personality was like. And what what me and Satchel ended up having a little argument about was um, the, the responsibility of a reviewer. Like, where is it mm-hmm. okay to grow as a reviewer? He went from... Having to filter his reviews a lot at G four to doing it more unfiltered on rev three, which kind of allowed for a much a much different vocabulary, which is like totally okay and whatnot. But right. it's fortunate that this guy brings it up on the forum this week because Adam Sessler is actually going to very briefly return for broadcasting to cover E three. Mm-hmm. He's going to be alongside Kevin Pereira as uh, Spike TV's E three All Access panelists. Right, and um. Adam Sessler and Kevin Pereira are from G4. They mm-hmm. have not been on Spike before and I don't know if if I'm really like I'm super duper happy to see Adam Sessler come back. Like I'm a big fan. I've always enjoyed his work and it's been really interesting to see how he's grown and changed over the years, but at the same time, like Spike TV has a much a much lower Standard. Credibility than, than Sessler's work usually does, yeah. which makes me kind of... I, I feel both sad and happy about it in a way. I'm happy like, yay, more Sessler. I'm sad as in like, wow, he has to... In order to have more Sessler, he has to be doing work for Spike TV now.
3: Uh-huh. Hmm. I don't know. You know what I find really tragic about Adam Sessler? And I hate to say this, but like, when I was a kid... Like, way before YouTube existed, Adam Slessler and Morgan Webb were, like, the first, like, funny, comedic game reviewers. Like, Mm -hmm. they totally inspired me. And once he left G4, he kind of had to go for a more, like, serious, total biscuit kind of tone with his work. Like, he kind of abandoned the comedy aspect of it. Mm-hmm. I did not mind that. I thought their comedy
2: was some of the worst parts of their show. <laughs>
3: uh, well, maybe it's because I was like a six-year-old. But...
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Just really
3: nostalgic about it. Oh, uh,
2: Like, no. okay, don't get me wrong. I like I like Sessler. And the only reason I critique is because I love Sessler. Like, right. I've met him. He, we had a great time. He was, he's a super <laughs> cool dude. I'm, I'm a huge fan. But it's, um... On G4, like, they had to fill time with these really kind of cringy comedy sketches, and on Rev 3 it ended up, without that filter, he ended up getting really overindulgent sometimes, yeah. which was easy to see happening. And um, now he's on Spike. And what's interesting about Spike's E3 coverage... Well, I say he's on Spike, but he's probably only going to be there for next week. Is that they are not broadcasting the Sony or Ubisoft conferences. There's um, also Microsoft and EA conferences. Nintendo nowadays does pre-recorded conferences that they just broadcast to everyone. Uh But, like... This is what I'm talking about. Spike TV has much lower standards for video game coverage. At their E3 video game coverage, they are not going to be showing almost half of the content that they could show, and I know that's going to piss him off to a degree. Like, you can see footage of him arguing with G4 producers about cutting to a commercial break in the middle of the Halo E3 trailer in 2006. He really knows what he's doing, and it's kind of sad to see him... Working with a much a much less uh, respectable employee, or if he is getting employed, he might just be doing this because he wants to.
0: I I don't know. I feel like he's at a position where he doesn't have to do something mm-hmm. that he wouldn't want to. Like he wouldn't have to. Like, man, I need to need to really you know, get he's these not bills gonna paid. Have, so let me go to. He's spike. not going to have trouble finding more work. He's <laughs> right. Adam Sessler. right? I'm, yeah. Like I'm saying, like it, he's probably doing this for a reason. So I mean, I don't know. I, I say if you if you. If you respect the guy and you trust him, I think it'll probably end up going all right. Then again, I I don't respect nor trust Spike TV at all. So, uh, because they're the the wonderful... People who brought us the
2: VGX, the VG, yeah, awards. VGX, VGAs. I don't even know what to call them anymore. Uh, they become the, an the, ambiguous the, slime ball of confusion and shame. The <laughs>
0: wonderful awards where the host not not only does not care about games in any way, shape, or form, but insults
2: yeah. all of the viewers
0: yeah. in yeah. one Actively blanket makes statement. Fun in of his the opening production. speech.
2: So good and so okay. Good. I, like I want to like Jeff Keeley. But I don't think I can after the Dorito Gate scandal. <laughs> like, the guy does really cool work, and he's also Kojima's go-to guy for American journalism, which means I kind of have to have to ingest his work right. to a certain extent. And he's done some really cool things over the course of his career, but it's because he's employed by Spike. Well, he's employed by game trailers, which might yeah. as well mean he's Spike. Spike is like the the 1800s boss of the city <laughs> that no one wants to acknowledge is actually running things behind the scenes, but is totally doing it and is being extremely unfair <laughs> and out of touch about it. Yeah. Hmm. Yes. Good analogy. Oh, God. I like that a lot, actually. That makes me really scared, actually. <laughs>
1: You're uh, getting scared a lot all tonight. All right.
2: Yeah. And we started off so happy. I
1: know. This is what happiness leads to. Happiness anyway, though, is uh, the path is scary. <laughs>
2: I'd
0: like to I like to thank um, Matt CD42 from the forums for uh,
2: for making and, a thread about that and posting some yeah. thoughts. Inc. Magic Incorporated, we want to see some rad threads. We want to talk about what you guys want to talk about. And if you start a new episode thread after listening to this podcast and um, ask some questions amongst yourself, get some discussion flowing, we will talk about it in the yeah. next episode.
1: Whatever the topic is
2: mention you um, my name restraints. we'll read off your thoughts i don't know and if, we'll, if you just uh, talk about butts or something we might we'll, like of okay, course there's, there's gonna be a little
1: be, bit of a guideline
2: of, of course we're gonna have some discretion to <laughs> hey <gonna> like <laughs> want to talk about butts
0: <laughs> but, <laughs> i mean B-U-T-Z. if that's what the people want us to talk about <laughs> but anyway but, like yeah, yeah. The, we're of course gonna have some discretion but if you post something on the forums and uh if you post the thread right after you listen to this and you know promote some discussion have some interesting thoughts we'll
2: read it and we'll call you out by name and we'll uh we'll thank you for inputting your wonderful thoughts tovg that one video dot com head to the forums then head to the uh tovg podcast sub forum and go nuts talk go. about butts <laughs> just go nuts don't i think don't. someone's
1: going to definitely do that now
2: <laughs> great Probably Well anyways Every week on Friday We're gonna try to have Another one of these New podcasts out Underneath the features section And we are also on iTunes If you're listening on there Be sure to rate us five stars And we'll return the favor By uh being awesome, keeping up quality. <laughs> By continuing um, to do podcasts. Yeah. yeah, and and again, don't... don't <laughs> if you're super hardcore following our instructions, don't just relegate yourself to the podcast sub-forum. Uh, we also have forums of our own related to our YouTube channels on the site that you can discuss weird things with us as well on. Um, but yeah, is there any new projects that you guys want to plug or talk about before we head out for the day? Uh, well...
0: I would just like to say, first of all, um, if you have not seen my new video, I made a level oh, head. Oh, yeah. I, I analyzed level design of the uh, of the new game
2: 1001 Spikes that I loved yeah. so much. And you did and, such uh, a good job.
0: Thank you. Like, thank seriously, you. Really getting into the
2: subliminal psychology of block <laughs> placement. It's, oh, it's, man. It was, it was so fun. <laughs> the game really inspired me, and uh, I really
0: liked making that episode, and a lot of people have really liked it. Like gotten, gotten John Blow ba- liked it.
2: It looks <laughs> <Right>. so funny. <laughs> that was uh,
0: that was kind of a very made me giddy, very, very humbly <laughs> moment. I would have very humbly moment is a to good see, way to, put that. to see
2: your inbox after that happened. Oh man, <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, so I, I made that, and I really, I'm really pretty pleased with how that came out. And if you're interested in learning about 1001 spikes and you want to see how well the the uh, designers designed it, go check that out. Also, I was on uh, I was on Kite new. Quiz show on TOVG. Yes.
1: You should check that
0: out too. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that.
3: Oh, I can't believe I haven't watched that yet. I
1: yes. Well, that. listen to it rather. It's a video game quiz show called To Be Determined, in which we have some panelists and we give them some video game news trivia and just cool mini games and see mm-hmm. who is the winner. And last week, Jimmy was the winner.
0: I was the winner. Ooh, and it was I a lot was. of fun. And I sounded very hungover. <laughs> I might have been very hungover at the time.
3: Well, that just gives you a good, good reason. <laughs> uh, all right, and also, uh, anybody else? Nope. Oh, well, um, I, w- I guess I was gonna say, if um, I haven't uploaded in like a month, and anyone who's waiting on my next video, it's requiring me to beat like eight different games, so (laughs) it'll be ready soon. It's just taking a while. Jordan puts in the hard
2: work to give you the the quality.
3: Yes. yes. Okay, (laughs) and one one thing
2: I want to encourage listeners to do, be sure to check us out next week. We're going to be doing an E3 show, Mm -hmm. and it'll be on Thursday at the tail end of E3. We're actually going to be talking from LA. Is it Alex or Gerard who's um, going to E3? Uh, It's actually all of us. All of us. Okay, cool. So, yeah, it'll be super legit. Like, we're gonna have actual... "Quote unquote E three correspondence yeah. reporting from L A. for Next week's podcast. No, it's going to be super fun. I'm really looking cool. forward to that because um we can get journalistic. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Yeah, okay. I actually yeah I'm really looking forward to that. It's going to be fun. Is oh so have you been to an E three
0: before? I went last year for one day and I wasn't. I guess I wasn't sure what to expect. I... Everybody else that I went with had like things that they needed to do to like justify having a media pass, <laughs> so <laughs> I, I was just kind of like wandering around. I played, uh... I watched somebody play. I watched uh, my friend Michael Barretti play uh, a Link Between Worlds for a little bit, and that was really cool. And then I, I, uh, I think that's actually all I did. I walked by the the Nicholas booth that they had there in the PS4 and like the PlayStation area, but I didn't get to meet any of the guys because I was I was too alone and scared
2: no yeah <laughs> that's how that's how i felt it GDC the first time I went like it's such a different experience going on um, when you're starting out when you're new and all along all alone yeah. versus again when you have stuff to do and have contacts to make right and right. I, I'm sure I'm going to do E3 someday but I'm dreading it like you don't often hear <laughs> a lot of a lot of positive impressions about how how much hard work it is like last year when Adam Sessler did it you can see him slowly go crazy <laughs> over trying to cover that we get to do it too next week oh, be sure God. to listen I remember
0: I remember what I did. Last DSD last, uh, uh, 3 do? do? stood in line for an hour for Beyond Two Souls demo and hated oh it. My <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't know what it was, and everyone was like, come on, stand Beyond Two Souls. And I was like, yeah, sure. And then we, I played it, and the you guy... You were just like, okay. One of, the guys up he's simulator. Like, one of the booth guys walked up, and he's like, yeah, so what did you think of the game? And I was like, it was fun. <laughs> and then like oh. I walked away, and I was just like, oh, God, that was terrible.
1: At least you were nice oh, to man. him.
0: Yeah, well, that's stupid. I shouldn't be nice to the booth guy. He's
2: supposed to be getting feedback. I, it's funny I contributed to that. I th- feel that that game exists. Like, I seriously want to rename it like Ellen Page Pouting Simulator. It's <laughs>
3: that's
2: what you do, right? It's like it's less open than an actual point and click adventure. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. Well, anyways, anyway. we're we're totally we're totally at our limits here. Right, so right, we all got to say bye. But we have some cool things going on, and we really hope you guys listen next week. It's going to be a big show. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 Bye.